every morning I've been waking up, making myself a lovely AeroPress coffee, and alongside it, 12 fluid ounces of productivity goodness with Magic Mind. It is a little tiny productivity shot that contains a magical combination of 12 active ingredients that actually make me focus more, make me feel more creative, have more energy, more motivated, and have way less stress. I love Magic Mind. I've been drinking them almost every single morning for the past several months. It's mixed with this awesome goodness like matcha, a little bit of honey in there, has some turmeric in there, some lion mane mushrooms in there. And what's really cool about it is that it's easy to drink, tastes delicious, and makes me happy whenever I drink it. What you can do to get 20% off your first order is go to magicmind.co forward slash merge. And use coupon code MERGE20 at checkout. That's magicmind.co forward slash merge with coupon code MERGE20, M-E-R-G-E-2-0 at checkout to get 20% off your first order. And thanks to Magic Mind for sponsoring this week's pod. Let's get ultra frank. Well, you just blew out everyone's speakers. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Hi, James. <laughs> am, I, am I super loud? Do I need to turn myself down? I, I just got a new microphone for the on-the-road mic. Is, is, it too, is it good? Is it bad? Am I too close to the I, microphone? Oh, my gosh. I, you're just so much more present. I, I'm, not used, I'm used to you being like a few more feet across the room, but you, you're, you're, you're right with us, James. I'm excited. <laughs> That's good. I do think that the, the, the other microphone that I use is a little bit quieter. Um, but the levelization that you know Zencaster pumps out is pretty good at the end of the day. Uh, let's get into it, Frank Krueger, because I spent an hour and thirty-five minutes of my life. At, <laughs> actually, less because I did one. That's it. Five, That's it. <laughs> five, um, watching this new Apple event. Did you watch the whole thing and it's all of its glory? Oh, I certainly did. Well, I'll be honest. I listened to the first 10 minutes as like podcast form, but that's fine. Nothing happens in the first 10 minutes. But yeah, I I, I went all the way through. Uh, boy, this one felt a little long to me. They always feel a little bit long. That's why I was laughing. I think it was just two hours. So when you said an hour and a half, I was a little jealous. No, it was a good it was a good event. But wow, they put a lot of commercials into it. <laughs> uh, uh, that that was my main takeaway is they talked about a, they talked about a product. Then they had a lot of products. They had one, two, three, four, five, six products that they announced. <laughs> okay. And between three product lines, which would be Apple Watch, AirPod Pro, AirPod Pro, and iPhone. And what they did was they would announce a product, talk through all the features, have all the flash flashy stuff that was going on, and then they would do a two-minute long promotional trailer that's absolutely gorgeous. And then they would go yeah. to the next one. And they would do the same thing. And then the next one would do the same thing. And sometimes they would open with a with a commercial, talk <laughs> about it, and then do another commercial that was completely different. Yeah, I don't want to complain too much because honestly, the format is fine. But do you remember when Steve Jobs would get on stage and do a live demo? Yeah. And then like yell at the audience for using up too much Wi-Fi? I kind of miss that these things are so polished obviously this is just a commercial for their new product line i get it it's fine but i i, I miss steve jobs oh, that's it <laughs> i i miss the demos they're just not willing to do live demos anymore which mm. i guess fine um but man the production value those virtual stages i'm 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 
somewhat unimmersed from the keynote because I'm just looking at the production. I know we always talk about production on these things, but there was a scene where uh, there was a presenter, a woman in a yellow jumpsuit, and she transitioned from a subway to outside to in a coffee shop and the lighting matching on her jumpsuit. Uh, I was totally distracted because in the subway, you were getting like the bounce reflection off of the passing lights in the subway tunnel. And I'm like, gosh, Apple, you just really show off on this production value. So uh, hats off to them for that. But I do miss the old timey demos. Well, and the other part that really impressed me was obviously they did, they've been doing a lot of outdoor video shoots, especially not only in the Apple Park, but also during the Ultra announcement, which we'll get to the gentleman that was announcing it was like on a cliff top or something like, you know, I don't I know. I don't know. He was like somewhere it's, in the middle of nowhere. I was like, what is happening? Was he was he on a soundstage? I don't know what to believe anymore. Their compositing is so good. That's that's I don't know what to believe. Do we um, do, it, do we do we, do we need to start this podcast and talk about the last five seconds of the whole thing? <laughs> uh, so, you know what? I actually missed uh, the last five seconds of the thing. I, I don't need spoilers. Do you want to okay. spoil what I'm not spoiling? Here's here's what you missed, which was at the very, very end after they cut to the Apple. They did the outro. Tim, Tim said goodbye. They did the outro a commercial. It cuts yeah. to the Apple logo. And then it cuts to um, the subway. And it's uh, it's a shot of a subway car and a lady standing in front of it and she flickers and then it and she comes back like she flickers really quick kind of like mm-hmm. a hologram and then it says thanks for watching <laughs> and cuts to black so was everybody uh, a hologram the entire thing everybody was a hologram <laughs> that's why if they can't do the demos it would be hard to render the device in their hands be, she she touched the pole and the subway cart oh, mm-hmm. it just annoyed me <laughs> the compositing it's beautiful compositing uh, did they announce products? I was too distracted. I was just looking at all all the announcers walking around beautiful sets. Well, let's get into it. Let's get into the Apple Watch. There was three announcements, and they all built on top of each other. And this was actually maybe my favorite part was that they opened with the Apple Watch Series A. Now, I'm an Apple Watch Series 3 diehard, baby. Beautiful. They finally have a replacement for you. It seems like they were attacking the Series 3 left and right in this one. Punching left and right. They're like, the screen is 30% bigger than the Series 3. How did you feel about that comment? Uh, Well, so... We'll we'll get to it, Frank. Okay. So (laughs) so a lot of uh, emotions to unpack here. They announced the Series 8. um, And the Series 8 has a new temperature sensor, uh, which Mm -hmm. enables ovulation tracking, which is pretty astonishing. Amazing. Oh, two. Well, yeah, it, they demonstrate it. It's actually a really hard problem. Turns out taking yes. your temperature at your wrist is a terrible place to take your temperature. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they figure with long enough samples, they can actually make decent data. And the best they've been able to apply that to is, yeah, menstrual cycle. Um, yep. I figure there's a couple no, types different. of people who want to track that in software. I'm curious. Uh, everyone, write in. Is that something you want to track on your phone? Probably. Well, I guess it's, so. It's, Makes sense. They, they've had like period tracking and and this is the ovulation tracking as well, um, mm-hmm. which I think what's nice about this, like, so the things that they've had, right. Granted, we're two white yeah. <laughs> cis males, like talking about this, but I think it's actually really important. Like this is really important work that's being done um, as someone that's in 
a long-term relationship married, right? Like we, yeah. you, you, you want to plan stuff. You want to think about stuff, which oh, we're, for not, sure. we're not planning anything, yeah. but you know, in general, like this is really like really great because there are these apps on there, but like whose data has it? Like, where are they sending your yeah. data? Like we've heard fishy, weird stuff. So this is cool that Apple's thinking about it and doing crazy stuff. And you're right. Like the temperatures tracking, like they're doing it to like the, what do they say? Point zero one celsius or something crazy like temperature change which can like have to do with like different workout or ovulation track all this other stuff it's like really impressed it's all very impressive to me is what i'm saying yeah uh it did seem to be best for sleep mode so they're still definitely mm -hmm. pushing uh they want you wearing this thing to bed and the new battery life on the giant one might help with that i'm still mm -hmm. not a sleep with my watch kind of person no. um but maybe if i was family planning yeah that will I would deal with it. <laughs> it would do it. Well, there's two reasons maybe why. One is that these now have fast charging enabled um, on all the new Apple Watch models. And there's also a new low power mode, Frank Krueger, which is awesome. Yet to be released? Uh, is that the one where they said we'll release it in six months? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're all excited to find out what that power mode is. Um, so you're talking about the series a eight can i jump ahead a tiny little bit here no because the <laughs> no. series okay. eight, no, you can't you can't jump ahead because the, right, uh, right. the, the other watches have what they the series exist. eight has okay yes. so okay. series eight besides that um two two big things one that they introduced was the temperature sensor and the low power mode and the fast charging edge edge display which is great the biggest thing is maybe this crash detection built into the watch and introduces two new sensors um, with a new gyro and a new accelerometer that can um, that is capable of up to 256 G's and is sampling yeah. 3,000 times per second. Boy, I don't really want to be in a 256 G accident, but I no. guess if I am, I'm glad... Well, yeah, th this goes back to sensor technology. And anytime you're designing an accelerometer, you have to decide what its detection range is going to be. And so now it looks like there's a whole second sensor in there because you still have your good high precision one. You need that for your workouts and things like that. Um, but yeah, there's this always on big one. I, <laughs> it was a tiny bit morbid in <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> this presentation. They, yeah. they did talk about a lot of different ways to get yourself hurt. And I, uh, I, I couldn't help but comment on that. But, you know, it's one of those things. If I'm in an accident, I sure as heck want my watch automatically calling everyone it possibly can. So, yep, um, I'm here for it. But it is still pretty morbid to think about. Yeah, and it's crazy. They had they always talk about all these stories of the Apple Watch and like that people write into Tim. And everyone's right. Everyone's writing in only to Tim. And that's <laughs> it. Um, but there was a person that was like, like uh, there was a bear or whatever, like broke in. He was able to call. And then there was another person two two crazy stories one was a person that was doing like garbage disposal and got trapped inside of a like a dumpster like a, a garbage truck and that's that that's crazy and there's another person that was in a they were it was like her and her dad were like flying in an airplane oh, yeah. a Cessna, the and they were in a crash and like she was able to like make a like why i mean wild <laughs> 
<laughs> not the crash wasn't funny, but it was funny that her grandma called her before she was able to send out a 911 yeah. or anything like that. She forgot that the you, you almost forget that the Apple Watch can <laughs> yeah. do all that stuff. But... Well, she had other things on her mind, I'm sure, at the time. I would assume so, yeah. Do you, well, you, yeah. you want to get to the Ultra, but or do you want to get to the I, SE I second gen? I'll, let me get to the here's okay, the watch. Let's, let's talk. This is the one you're going to get, isn't it? Here's, you're you're going to get the SE, right? James? Here's, here's the watch I'm going to get because the Series 8 is $399 and it has stuff i don't know it's a good price right i i still think that's it's a lot of hardware and honestly you can use these things for five ten years so uh, you've proven that out (laughs) so um i i I do think they're actually worth their money uh i don't think i'd upgrade to that one unless it's your first watch or something though yeah they said that actually the se is 80 percent of the people they that bought it it was their first smart watch okay. or whatever yeah. or something like that that SE. makes sense so yeah. this is second gen se and this is so you got some new materials new colors like kind of like the same screen and stuff like that but it has all of the same sensors as the series 8 um i, I don't actually know if it has a temperature sensor but i think it did but it does have fall detection and crash detection and afib too mm-hmm. And it is, yeah, thirty percent larger than the Series Three, which I like. I think my Series Three is just fine, and it's twenty percent <laughs> faster than the first gen. And it comes in at two fifty, Frank, two fifty. Like that's almost in the price that I would buy it for. Can I get a sale for one ninety nine? Just saying. <laughs> uh, in a year and a half, maybe. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. I think that this has all the stuff I would need. I, I didn't. I need to do a breakdown side by side of like what the Series Eight has and what the se second gen has i maybe i can do that here can you get a cellular se did they do a cellular version yes for 2.99 yeah okay Mm -hmm. yeah that's a tricky decision you have to make between the eight and the se yeah so i can tell you here so the series eight so the se does not have the ip6x ip6x Mm. dust resistant it does not have the always on screen Mm-hmm. It is swim proof. It does not have blood oxygen. It does not have ECG. It does not have temperature tracking. But everything else is the same. But no fast charge. Ooh. No oh, fast no charge. fast charge. Wow. Yeah. I put my watch on the charger at night. It has plenty of time to charge. Uh, yeah, those, honestly, those are a little bit frivolous features. <laughs> I mean, if you're a swimmer, you're going to want to get to your best swimming protection, all that. I have the always on screen. It's not great. It just, mm. it tends to blur most information other than the time. We'll get back to that when talking about the iPhone. But uh, yeah, it's tough though. Hundred hour difference, really. That's it between the eight and the SE. No, yeah, you have to. Re- no, it's one hundred and fifty dollars difference. Ooh, one fifty. Okay, yeah, tough one. You know what is a much larger price difference? <laughs> the most the- rugged and capable <laughs> Apple Watch ever. With a flat sapphire screen raised out of its giant 500 millimeter frame. No, I don't know. It's 50 millimeter. I don't know. It's huge. It's huge. We are talking about the Titanium Ultra Watch. I was, this is the one I was really looking forward to when I heard some rumors about it on mm. ATP ding. Um, I, it's look, I'm not like a super outdoorsy person. I like to go hiking. I like to go camping. I like to do all that stuff. But I'm also, you know, an urbanite i like my watch with me but i'm also terrible at charging watches so i was excited for a larger watch that had a bigger battery life and they did that 
I don't need all their like extreme features. I'm, I'm not mountaineering every weekend or anything like that. But who doesn't want a 36-hour battery, 60 hours if the magical low-power feature ever comes out? Ruggedized screen, I'm clumsy. I'm super clumsy, so I'll take a ruggedized screen. My biggest problem with the gorgeous Ultra, so I want to be clear, I love this watch. My biggest problem with it is it's huge and expensive, and Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm actually going to get it because during the presentation, all I could look at was the presenter's wrist, and all I kept thinking was, that watch looks huge. I don't think my wrist is any bigger than the presenter's wrist. So I'm not sure I can handle a watch quite that big. But uh, I do like Apple um, playing seriously in the outdoor activity game um, because honestly, the Apple Watch is not super convenient when you're doing outdoorsy stuff, especially when it's snowing and things like that. So good on them. But it's so expensive. Yeah, this device would definitely be more for you, but almost someone a little bit more a better version of me. You. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, I didn't want to say it that way, but yeah, that's what I was going for. Because me, for, me, twenty years ago would love it. Well, because you know they couldn't afford it, but I, I would love it. They really talked up the like who it was for, right? There's there's three straps that they made for this thing. One is an alpine loop for. Um, you know, doing like mountaineering one's an ocean band, which is like, you're doing mm-hmm. deep sea there. There's, there's a, there's a freaking app for, um, yeah. di- there's a dive computer, right? You, you know, know what I mean? With all the drone searching I've been doing it, I was captivated Ooh. by the, the dive stuff. Honestly, I, I've really been thinking about getting into scuba and mm. all of that. So not that like I need to buy a $900 watch to convince myself to go get a scuba license, but you know, <clears throat> I'm not saying I couldn't use a 900 hour watch to yeah. go scuba diving. <laughs> it <But>, looked great. <laughs> but I do think that this one is really made for folks that are like, they kept talking about the outback or like the back, 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 whatever, you know, the people that are out there, right. It even has a yeah. 86 decibel siren to attract attention when you get lost, you know, up to 600 feet away, you know, to, so, so I really think that it is made for that. So, for this watch. If you were somebody that is like, I'm out canyoning in the middle of, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm out on a, you know, an eight day, you know, I guess it's not going to last for eight days, but you know, I'm out on a multi-day hike. Then this is the watch is sort of built for you. It's, it's really the, the Apple watch adventure (laughs) edition, you know, ultra ultra to me seems like the wrong name for it. Were they going for like, ultra marathon would it survive an ultra marathon probably not probably uh, just a marathon right they, they, they designed it for a triathlon and marathons mm-hmm. those were the battery limits so they say they can do accurate gps accurate heart rate for an entire triathlon i mean it's, it's probably longer than i'll last <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna want to sleep halfway through that triathlon uh yeah it, it's a good watch uh, garmin's been eating their lunch uh everyone that I know who does physical activities and wants to do tracking and all that stuff with it gets a Garmin. And so I think Mm -hmm. Apple's just getting into that business. And it's interesting. They could have made a more Garmin-y one. I was actually, I was hoping for an e-ink screen. I'm always hoping for an e-ink screen. (laughs) But they decided to, instead of make a Garmin and make an Apple-y version of a Garmin, they decided to take the Apple Watch and just make it fatter and bigger so that it, it was actually more powerful for these situations. I am curious, uh, you know, fortunately, I don't really support any watch apps right now, but I'm really curious 
exactly how that big orange button on it works because they keep talking about how configurable it is from uh, the yeah. user's perspective. I'm curious what system it's using, like the shortcut system, uh, you know, to actually do commands in your app. So for all the watch app developers out there, I'm sure you could business justify one <laughs> to try out that orange button. <laughs> it's true. There is a new button on it. There's a new button to button and a digital crown that's bigger and, yeah. and bumpier than ever. But the rest of the UI looks the same. Some gorgeous watch faces, obviously, things like that. I, yeah. I They did have that cool mode where it could track where your tent was when you're off wandering around. I, you know, I don't say I get lost, but sometimes it takes me a little while to find my way back home. <laughs> So yeah. I, I would enjoy that feature. What what I really liked was they said it was kind of a passive feature too. It would just auto activate. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, I'm not sure if it's 800 hours. Nice. But I do think that what you are saying is a little bit more accurate, which is the Garmin competitor. This is really, truly the Garmin competitor that they're going after because those Garmin watches are very expensive. Are they? Yeah. Oh, I've yeah, never yeah. actually priced one out. Um, uh, <laughs> they're expensive that that's okay. that's for sure like i think that the ones that we're thinking of they can go up to over a thousand dollars you know these garments okay. yeah those sports. are probably the super professional ones yeah mm -hmm. and they have a lot of different ones but yeah you know they're in the price range like i'm looking at the fennec 7 series that's 700 dollars okay. epic epics is if you haven't if you live an athletic life this is the premium active smartwatch 900 dollars Gosh, inflation. <laughs> are you an ooh, I guess I... <laughs> Enduro? Are you an ultra racer and need a multi sport GPS? $1,100. Ultra. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So this is a premium ultra product, I guess. <laughs> and uh, to me, they could only go up from here if they really wanted to. I, I could see them ultra max. You know mm, what I mean? Like, mm. hey, listen, we, we are people that are in multi-day xyz like this is the watch for you question is how many will they sell but there are a lot of athletes out there like that, that that you know they're i have family members that swear by garmin only for the fact that they're running marathons right and they're like i can't do that yeah. on that, that little dingy whatever you know well i think a lot of its reputation in that field will come from this low power mode um yeah. 36 mm -hmm. hours is wonderful great yeah. you can do pretty much every physical activity in that time but if you're going for a long hike, you know, 36 hours isn't that long. Uh, 60 is way more reasonable for actually making some progress and all that. So I think it'll really just come down to how good is that mode. And yeah, if the features are competitive with the garments. But gosh, now that you've said all that, if it's in the price range, hmm, sounds like a good product to me. Yeah. How do you feel about it? Good product? Yeah, good product. Good product. Another good, good, good product. entry. Are they are they going to maintain it? That's the real question. Will there be a version two ever? Ooh. Depends how it Wanna sells. Take yeah, exactly. It really depends how it sells. I, I well, and, and I, but yeah, I don't know. We'll see how many rich yeah. hikers there are. A lot yeah. of them. <laughs> I do think that there are a lot of active people that are out there. It's not the same amount that are going to buy the SE, but they could become the number one you know they're like number one smartwatch brand blah 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 because they'd be the number one whatever that's what they want right yeah so yeah well how about we talk about a more reasonably priced product that was kind of an insta buy for me 
The I don't uh, I don't see any Insta Buy products no on this Insta list. No Insta Buys, really? Uh, Nothing. Well, I am not listening. even the SE Watch. You're not going to go for the SE Watch. No, uh, uh-uh. uh. Sticking with the Series Three. Got uh, it. Yeah, it still works. And uh, let's see. So I mean, I'm listening to you talk to me out of a nine dollars and ninety nine cent. Uh, three point five millimeter jack uh, air, fo- air you know, little earbuds. Um, <laughs> well, I think I'm gonna spend the big dollars for the Airbuds Pro. <laughs> Airbuds Pro. <laughs> Airbuds Pro, second generation. Yeah. yeah so, so this, second generation. Th- they gave the AirPod uh, Pro, AirPods, AirPods Pro. Yeah. <laughs> about six minutes of airtime. So that that won you over, huh? Well, it wasn't quite that. A, I was due for it. I, I've always mm-hmm. been AirPod Pro curious, and so I've been thinking about it. I just had questions about. I didn't really like the in stick it all the way in your ear kind of headphones, especially mm-hmm. because I do a lot of riding around on the one wheel with headphones, and and I really need to be able to hear what's happening around me. Noise cancellation isn't the best thing in that scenario. But they kind of won me over when they were talking about their active cancellation and all that stuff where it's, you know, scanning your environment, trying to do pass through when it thinks pass through is actually a good idea, mm-hmm. not doing pass through at inappropriate times and things like that. I think uh, I think their commercial worked on me. I, I'll, I'll put it that way. Plus, they said uh, the battery time is just so much larger than what I'm getting with the current AirPods. So I think think it's time to put down the big bucks for the airpods pro yeah six hours of listen time is a good amount of time i approve of that amount of time i have yep. these little you know twenty dollar earbuds that that last like four or five hours and they're you know i and and I, I put them in the case all the time and that really is really solid overall so there's 250 dollars. i think that the most impressive part i agree with you compared to the airpods and the airpods pro uh specifically is that you know i guess they have the you know h2 chip which makes it better but was those two things it's right? one better james one oh, better oops oops um was you're right it does have the active noise cancellation which i think is great but i do think you're right the transparency mode which was there already but the adaptive transparency mode which mm-hmm. is is way cooler and the how they did this is oh imagine you are i think this is really neat you're walking outside and you do want to to hear things around you because you want to hear your cars because you're running. Like I'm, I'm mm-hmm. actively running and I want transparency yeah. mode because there's cars. But what if there's a uh, fire, uh, fire, um, <laughs> yes. not a fire, it's a city. but a fire. I, I, uh, air, there's police sirens and air, there's you know, always something. There's always some loud noise source yeah. <laughs> in a city. Uh, who knows? It's, it's like some law of nature. There has to be an obnoxious loud source somewhere, somewhere. in the city. So it'll filter those heavy, they call them heavy noises out uh, <laughs> and they'll, they'll, they'll quiet them down. I thought that was really, really impressive. It was, doesn't seem like a huge leaps and bounds, but if you don't have AirPods Pro and you have maybe an AirPods second generation, this one's going to give you the spatial audio. It's going to give you a touch control. It's going to give you the sweat and water resistance. Yeah. Uh, it's going to give you the six hours. So that seems like all positive marks it's a big upgrade and i I take your point like the 20 dollar ones have gotten really good these days but 
Um, I, I spend a lot of time in my AirPods. I don't buy them frivolously. I'm not buying these things every month. I was due for a pair, you know, mm. battery was getting kind of shabby. to be honest, that's kind of when they, they never really break. The battery just gets kind of terrible and then you get a new pair, which is unfortunate. But so, uh, I was in the market, they released what looks like a really good product and they got me with their flashy, uh, subway commercial. I think just, I was hypnotized. <laughs> It it was solid. It was good. Uh, it was good. It didn't impress you, but I I I, I appreciate it. <laughs> well, let's get to the the Pro Max Plus editions because this is all that I, I don't understand why they they call it iPhone 14 Plus, but then you have iPhone 14 Pro Max. It's just. Uh, and they all got bigger did they all physically get bigger or was it just the just the uh pluses that got bigger i feel like That's everything a good... got a little bit bigger well if, if I... it's just a small amount the iphone they all got a little tiny bit bigger yeah yes. yeah just a little bit because the iphone 13 pro is five point does it have the width in here let me look at the screen size here was a not the 6.1, 6.1, but I do think it's a little bit bigger. Screen size. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, again, they got me on this one because I'm due <laughs> for a new iPhone. My last one, I've mentioned this a lot of times, spent a week underwater. And I think it's time I move on. It was an iPhone 11. I've been thinking about getting a new one. And mm -hmm. this wasn't a dramatic um, change in the iPhone from the 13. It has a lot of the same features. It has the same uh, squared off edge versus the roundy edge. Mm -hmm. It seems like Apple TikToks on that, but we're still in the square edge territory, everyone. But you know what actually sold me on this one? And this is a little embarrassing, but, and it's a little controversial. I like the Dynamic Island. James, how do you feel about the new Dynamic Island? Yes, the Dynamic Island, which is an iPhone 14 Pro exclusive, not iPhone oh. 14 or 14 Plus. Oh, Those did I notched. jump ahead again? <laughs> um, no, it's totally fine because here's what <laughs> happened in the... Here, here's the rundown of iPhone 14 and 14 Plus. It's got the A15 Bionic, which was the Pro model from last year. It's got car crash mm -hmm. detection and the emergency SOS over Saturday. Oh, Okay, cool. yeah, we, we can let's take a minute and talk about this. This is super cool. Uh, they must have made some magical deal with some magical <laughs> of a satellite company mm -hmm. where you can, you know, point your phone to the sky without putting up a six foot antenna. And if you're incredibly patient, which you will be because you're lost in the forest, <laughs> pointed up at a satellite, you can actually get uh, some data communications happening without cellular, without mm -hmm. Wi-Fi, using the magic of the satellite system. You're paying for it, by the way. And it's super slow. I, were you taken aback by uh, how slow it was? I mean, I'm an electrical engineer. I cannot believe that you are able to transmit to a satellite that part is still blowing my mind but what made me actually laugh out loud was when they're like yeah sending a, a bite or two could take a few minutes yeah <laughs> I, I almost fell on my seat i was listening to the tech meme ride home and they were saying that t-mobile was looking to spike spark a deal with uh starlink and mm. they were saying that for like placing a text message might take 10 to 15 minutes yeah, it's amazing. Wow. I, I 
well, A, congratulations to the Apple engineers for doing whatever software and antenna magicry <laughs> this took to make happen. Uh, the cellular network is very different from the satellite yeah. network. Totally different. But And so bravo. But um, they made a deal with some company because it turns out they're just giving you the service for two years for free. And then after that, you're paying. And they didn't bother to tell you how much it's going to cost. No. But it is one of those things. Like if you are an outdoorsy person, oh, we yeah. all get into those cell dead zones. I think it's kind of a no brainer to pay for it. So I'm just hoping Apple is kind <laughs> with its pricing. I'd pay for this. I'd pay for this feature because I drive so much across different, mm. you know, a lot of these, you know, in, in Washington. I wasn't even thinking drivers. Yeah, you're out on those highways. Yeah, highways are going, you know, when I go between, you know, Eastern and Western uh, Washington or Oregon or things like that, you're in, in that or you're on the coast. You can get nothing out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the one thing that's really cool is that it actually works with Find My, which I thought was so neat. It's able to transmit the find my data over the satellite. So you could like pop it up and see this stuff too. Yeah. So that's so neat. Super good. Anyways, iPhone 14, 14 plus garbage. Cause let's get to the pro. Um, <laughs> it's only $200 more. You might as well get to it because here's the thing is it's got the a 16 bionic. They don't, they don't even have non-bionic chips anymore. Everything's bionic, but it's because we'll the get- camera relies on it <laughs> that's true let's get to your favorite feature because i have another favorite feature which i think is so cool but the dynamic yeah. island right we've had the notch for a long time and what they did is they removed the top of the notch and they just made it a what is, what would you well, a, a capsule uh, a, a little pill at the yeah. top it i would say they filled in the top uh there are pixels live pixels that you can mm-hmm. vaguely control at the very tippy top now which is totally new so what was it? So it's only been what four years that we've been dealing with the notch and making yeah. sure all our software is compatible with it. So yet again, we have to go through all of our apps and make sure it's compatible uh, with this capsule thing. Now, good news is you don't actually have to buy this phone. I'm sure the simulator will do all this stuff. Yeah. But I want to applaud Apple. Um, I was discussing this with a friend. They absolutely hate the dynamic island. Hmm. But I think what they did was very clever. Uh, they've resigned themselves to the fact that this little sensor package that we want to put on the front of the phone, we just can't put a screen over that. We've tried. Yeah. We've really tried. They even did bury the proximity sensor under the screen. Mm-hmm. So you can tell that they've been trying to put this stuff under the screen. They just can't manage it. So they made, I think, a wonderful hardware concession. They're like, <laughs> uh, like what, what is it? If, if you can't cover it up, turn it up. So they just, <laughs> they have this big, um blank spot and they decided to graphic design their way out of this artistically get out of this they merged the notification system the alert system the current activity system and put those as cute little icons to the side of what's weirdly named the dynamic island i, I don't love that name but let's it's it's the dynamic island and i I think it really cleans it up. I like it. I like, I like hardware and software working together to solve each other's problems. You know, it, it shouldn't be a battle between the two. And I, I like to see that. It's a dynamic notch. And in the <laughs> dynamic notch, I think that this island, um, I, I think maybe Miguel or maybe you tweeted that the software sold you on it. Because what I said is that it's a, a little, it's a little pill that it not only has cute animations, it's interactive, yeah. and it's also sort of like a widget. It's an interactive widget island, which we've seen 
um, sometimes when device manufacturers put like little screens on the back of phones, like, mm-hmm. oh, here's a little, here's a little thing, well, you know, that, that has your music player or shows you an incoming call X, Y, Z. But my favorite part, which was so smart is that I don't really love the widget system on oh, my phone, no. but, it. but one thing that sold me the, the best feature maybe is on this is the dynamic Island. If you have a timer. It will show you the timer <laughs> inside of the dynamic island. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. That literally <laughs> makes sense. You have a little message, you have a little thing, it makes sense. And then my other favorite part was how many times have we been listening to music on our Apple iPhone and I want to uh, pause it and you got to swipe yeah. down from the top. Hopefully you get the right thing or do the thing. No, you just tap on the dynamic island. And it's a live inter- It's like whatever you're doing currently takes thing. Now I will be fascinated. What if I'm playing music and have a timer? What happens then? Yeah. I don't know. Well, they actually demoed that. So oh. it does go into a smart mode where it'll show both. But in that case, mm. uh, the timer will just become an icon. It won't okay. show the data for the timer. It'll show the data for the music. So actually, I still think that's still better than the current notification system. Because if mm-hmm. you have two long running things going, it, it's kind of a random which one shows up i feel like yeah uh you know in talking about this i kind of realized with these phones they took away the home button right and the little button at the bottom mm-hmm. we now knew we now have a new permanent button on it yeah. because it turns out that part's still touch sensitive you mm. you tap the island which it's going to cause problem because you're going to get fingerprints all over your front facing camera <laughs> but whatever wipe it off from time to time um but it, it is actually a touch target it seems at least in their demos it was a touch target so we have a new home button that doesn't take you home we have a new notifications button yeah. <laughs> to work with and i am curious which apis you mm. need to access to get your app up there Yes, but uh, I'm sure we'll figure that out eventually. Someone will figure out which API exactly you want to use. A great example would be if, let's say, you had an app that displayed a number mm. on the screen. How great! A random number. A random number that magically <laughs> increased when you were like doing something like cycling. How mm-hmm. great! How great would it be if now you could minimize that app? And then you could see that number in the dynamic island, Frank. Wouldn't that be nice? I, yeah. I doubt that's, that. That sounds technologically impossible. So that would be transmitting a lot of data. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Now, here's the question. In iOS 16, is that API locked down? And in iOS yeah. 17, they open up the API for developers. Well, in their current mode, it's probably a widget, right? If you have a widget, it shows up or I don't know, like the music ones. I'm assuming like for MoCast, it it just accesses the normal music APIs. Mm -hmm. And they demonstrated that like the album art shows up there. They demonstrated that for the Apple Music app. But that would be a really big jerk move on their part if all the apps that played into the, you know, um, yeah uh, media system didn't show up there yeah so for for apps that show random numbers that increase randomly <laughs> yeah i'm sure <laughs> we'll have to do some research and figure that one out yeah the, the mocast example makes a lot of sense because that was one of my favorite features always of of um ios development versus android development is that there is sort of an android notification blah blah, blah. it's kind of like a, it was kind of a pain in the butt the 
iOS one seemed a little bit more straightforward and you got a lot of niceties mm-hmm. like, hey, everybody, everybody that gets to do this. I guess on Android, you always got to have a little bit more freedom. But I did think that it was nice. That you got a lot for free and I'm putting those in air yeah. quotes right now. Uh, and then everyone it was really, sort of the same level. Yeah. Uh, if you've never done this before, it, it's really not even that bad. It's just whenever you want, you can post a message to the media system and say, this is currently what's playing. Here's its mm-hmm. album art. Here's its title. Here's the artist. Here's the current play position. And then the operating system does so much heavy lifting for you over there and does all that. But those are all very specific APIs to media players. So yeah, again, who knows what the general API is for getting stuff up there. Yeah, Maybe iOS 17.1, 16.4. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Uh, or, yeah, sorry. I, I just was going to repeat that. It could be the current system too. Maybe the widget system plays in. No one has these phones. We don't know. I would be fascinated if it was the widget system. I guess, does the widget... Is there a timer widget? That would be my only question. I don't know. It seemed seemed more dynamic than what the widget system allows today. So I would be of interest. Think it's a new system. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Apple does love creating (laughs) new ways to do background servicing. My, my, I mean, it could be widget, but maybe you package it in a different way. Hmm. Oh, I don't know. It could be like the complication system. Um, where in the complication system, you project out time. You don't tell it just now data. You tell it data for the next hour or so, and then it updates on its own schedule. Uh, that's kind of how the new widget system works too. Yeah. Uh, because we should talk about even more widgets, which is the always on mode. This is the last feature that I, I, I at least wanted to find out if it's any good or not. Like I said, I have the always on mode on my watch and I find it pretty useless because what they do is blur out everything, mm-hmm. but show you the time. Yep. And I'm like, well, that's nice. You're acting like a watch, but it's a lot of wasted pixels. And so I was never too happy with that. But in the demo of the always on screen for the iPhone, it looked like you had a lot more customization options there. It still definitely goes into a dark mode to save your little OLED pixels from uh, eating up all the battery. But it looked like any widgets you get up on that screen were not completely blurred out and were, in fact, readable. So I'm excited. I, I want this feature. I do like that. I, I am a pretty big fan of the widget lock screen uh, controls. They're really, really nice. Good and bad. I <laughs> think that they're great. And yet the Microsoft stock price is staring me in the face every single morning when I wake oh, up. Oh, don't um, put money on your homes. Uh, don't put anything that creates anxiety on your home screen. Your home screen should be a blissful field of <laughs> happiness. Okay, I'm going to take that. I'm actually going to do that, maybe. Uh, yeah, what? Maybe. What? what? Nah. <laughs> I know. I need it. Uh, yeah, I, that's probably a good call. I like that. Um, that being said, I was a really big fan of always on display way back maybe eight years ago on my Moto X or whatever that I had. It had an always on display, and there was like some widgets. Mm. Like, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. So that's cool that this is actually getting it uh and i'm kind of i'm kind of surprised that the other apple the does no other apple device have always on displays uh the watch is the only other one i know of you really only want to do this with oled because you can just 
back off the power a bit and hopefully uh, spend less power. They also, <laughs> that made no sense. I get that everyone, sorry. <laughs> um, the, the big feature was what they started doing on the max, the variable refresh rate, but in particular, the slow refresh rate. So mm. the one hertz refresh rate. And that obviously helps. You're doing less computation. You're doing less data transfer, um, less updating all the pixels on every frame. So good all around there. Uh, but it, it, it really only saves you in that mode. Like the iPhone is known for being buttery smooth and having 120 hertz and all that stuff. But even then, they had to put special hardware onto the new A16, right? A16. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to put new hardware on there in order to make it especially efficient and especially smooth. Uh, did you notice one funny thing about the Dynamic Island? They mentioned they actually had to put special hardware on the main chip to make the anti-aliasing on the Dynamic Island smooth. Yeah. So I'm curious if that's like separate logic, like when it's in low power mode, if the Dynamic Island will still animate at like 60 frames per second because wow. it actually has dynamic hardware or I'm sorry, dedicated hardware. Uh, it's Apple. It's marketing. It's hard to read too much into all this stuff, but they're definitely pulling some hardware wizardry tricks to make this work well. Yeah, that'd be. Yeah, I, I I'm excited to see it because. Uh, we will be getting one this holiday Christmas. This is not an Insta buy, but this is a holiday mm. gift for Ooh. especially somebody's upgrade season. So how how, uh-huh. our, fam- how <laughs> our family works is every two years, um, mm-hmm. somebody gets a new phone and the other person gets the old phone. So I will be getting yeah. an iPhone 12 Pro. Oh, yeah. wow. Quite an um, upgrade. What are you rocking Pro. right now? <laughs> uh, iPhone SE second generation. <laughs> What an upgrade! I'm. I can't wait to hear your uh, review. I don't know the, the physical buttons going away, but then I guess Heather will get I the know. new physical button, so that's a trade-off. <laughs> so she'll get the iPhone 14 Pro, and the reason I'm excited uh, more than the Dynamic Island it was that this was a rumor that I also heard about early, which is the brand new 48 megapixel main camera. And the reason that this is oh, yeah. exciting is that it also has a quad pixel sensor now. What this is doing is that you do not get, well, you can, but (laughs) if you're a pro, James, only for pros, it's in the name pro raw. Uh, If you are shooting pro Apple pro raw format, you do get a pure 48 megapixel raw photo, which, you know, that's fine. A very noisy (laughs) raw photo. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You'll take into Lightroom and do stuff with It's Cool. Now, I don't know if they're doing like my camera, my M, my M50, the Canon M50 Mark II that I have. It can shoot both JPEG and raw oh, yeah. at the same time. Like that's a huge advantage. So if I want to get the raw, I have the raw, but I, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But the cool part about how this works, right, is you're like, oh my God, 48 megapixels. That sounds amazing. You're still getting a 12 megapixel yeah. image at the end <laughs> of the day. But what this is doing in this quad pixel sensor is it's taking those and it's kind of sampling them at 4x the resolution. So it's able to come and averaging. It's able to combine those pixels to really give you an ultra crisp, amazing. So it's able to do stuff that it wasn't able to do through AI, machine learning, processing on the device. And that's why it's like super amazing, which means you get 3x better low right um, photos on ultra wide, 
2x better on the main camera, 2x better on the the photo. It's able to to take all those things and and put it all together in general, right? So it's it's really really fantastic. So I think this will be a huge upgrade uh, for Heather because if I was to compare it to the iPhone mm-hmm. 12, maybe she has the 11. Oh no, she has the 11 Pro. 11 oh. Pro. What does she have? You'll be I getting phone? my current phone. I think that's what she has. I think it's the 11 Pro. I'm pretty sure. You know, that's a, yeah, I think it's because it has the 2X, you know, and it's a 64 gig. Yeah, I think that's what it is. So, I mean, oh, that is a big upgrade. Wow. Um, you know, it's going to be a huge leaps and bounds, I think, over what's mm-hmm. what's happening today. Yeah, I, I'm on record of saying, <laughs> I'm going to say it right now, the 11 Pro camera is fine. It's all yeah. I need. It's fine. It's fine. It does great. 48 megapixels. It's it's not new technology. We've had it for a while. Its downside is it's just a really crappy sensor. It, mm-hmm. It's noisy. It It's just not good. And so in order to make it good, you have to average four pixels together. Yeah. If you're a gamer out there, you know what this is. Uh, multi-pixel or uh, anti-aliasing. Multi-pixel anti-aliasing. How does that go? Whatever. Multi-sample anti-aliasing. M-S-A-A. You oversample the image, you render it too big, you squish it down, it looks better. That's all they're doing. It's funny, we, we do seem trapped in this 12 megapixel world because these cameras have been stuck there. So even though we're getting this large sensor, in the end, you want the 12 megapixel because it's going to look good. What we're doing right now is machine learning and all this stuff on a 12 megapixel image. Running all those algorithms on a 48 megapixel image is so much better. Even if in the end you're just batching those together and averaging them out, it's still going to give you, um, especially in low light where noise is a thing, averaging noisy images produces a more clear image, sometimes blurrier, but usually more clear image. It is funny that if you are a pro, you can get the raw but it is going to be pretty rough because these sensors, as I repeat, are terrible. And so <laughs> you're going to need some advanced software on your side to make sense of them. I am curious to see how good the raw 48 megapixels are compared to, like, say, your camera sensor isn't that big, right? The camera you just bought? The um, the M50 Canon? Yeah. It is, actually. It is a... I don't think you're quite at 48, but it would be neat to see it compared to other 48 megapixel sensors, see if they're using the exact same sensor as everyone else, or they got a better sensor, too. Yeah. I like how I bought this camera, and I don't even know what the sensor is on it. (laughs) Great question, Frank. Well, because any photographer will tell you the same thing. It doesn't matter. What matters is your lighting source and your composition of the image. That's all that matters. (laughs) These megapixels are just... I don't know. It's a 20, we, we've really hit a limit. Twenty six megapixel, twenty five, okay, eight megapixel. Yeah, yeah. Six thousand. Those by are probably 4, probably a higher quality sensor too. <laughs> yeah. Well, a bigger sensor. I I shouldn't give. I mean, Apple's putting like a high density sensor in the tiniest little area. It's such a hard problem for them to solve. But it does really start to drill home the thought that, wow, these things really are just cameras with screens. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, like in this modern world, in the DIY world, you can put cellular chips on anything. You can put a screen, a nice touch screen on anything now on cheap little chips. I feel like this feels like the beginning of the end for the phones. If I want to take a really high level view of all this stuff. 
I just see like, you know, home technologies, small technologies, everything's going to be connected to the internet. Everything's going to have a screen and these phones are really feeling like giant cameras at this point. And I'm not sure how much longer I want to keep buying giant cameras from Apple. Um, I <laughs> don't care that much about pictures. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> um, my memory's fine. <laughs> so it's funny because I, it's curious. Yeah, I think I think that's why they were the reverse. Like I, I have enjoyed using my M50, and I enjoy taking photos. But Heather is a better mobile photographer than me, and mm-hmm. she really enjoys that. And she does a lot of like little okay. you know, photo editing and collages, and like uses it. So to her, I think that is a, it's a great use case. For and that's why I always want I always want her to have the I always want her to have the latest phone you know yeah. phone with camera because good camera yeah because she does you know on hike stop more than I do to take photos in the moment mm-hmm. I appreciate that she does yes. even though <laughs> you know I'm like come on let's go to the top of the mountain and she's like I have to take the, look at how pretty this is like we got to remember this moment I'm like okay yeah let's do it <laughs> no so so she's in the moment doing stuff and I really appreciate it. And then looking at the looking back at all of our albums that we have, I'm super appreciative that she's the yeah. one that has the better camera than me uh, <laughs> in general. Now, if I go on a photo shoot and I actually bring my Canon M50, like I am real excited to to go take some photos and go do some stuff. And I think for the for the simplicity of my hookup to like use my M50 as a video production suite, I also appreciate a little bit more than using my phone on it. So I think there's trade-offs on both of them. And of course mm-hmm. you're getting the interchangeable lenses, right? I'm, I'm, I'm getting the adjustable apertures and all these other things that are on it. So will it ever, rep- you know, it's definitely replaced Heather's like Heather has a nice Fuji camera that she okay. has, but she does not use it anymore. I think at some point when she got this new phone, it was like, oh yeah, this, this makes my other phone just obsolete hundred percent. And it doesn't make any sense. And the mm-hmm. hardest part of a physical camera, even though my physical camera has Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and all this stuff in it, the M50, <laughs> it's still kind of a pain in the butt to get my photos off the camera <laughs> on the thing. Like it's a process that you have to go physically do. Whereas like I just yeah. open Google Photos and it uploads to the clouds and I have everything amazingly on it right away. Right. And that's kind of the world that we're spoiled on, I guess. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I didn't want to argue that the camera's useless. I'm just saying the camera's quality has mm. really kind of plateaued to the point where we're relying very heavily on machine learning algorithms to Agreed. do a lot of the heavy lifting and quality yes. improvements. And it's I felt like it plateaued five years ago, but I, Apple thinks the plateau's a little higher than I do. So I'm just, I just feel like, you know, eventually, are, are we really going to be comparing camera specs in 10 years? Probably. Do should we be? No. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. Uh, what do you give it? What's your rating? Let's wrap it up with the rating out of ten. Ten being amazing. Well, I'll, I'll, I, I, I tend to judge them by: Am I actually buying any products from it? Did their commercials work? And their commercials worked twice on me, so I'm going to give them an eight out of ten. Uh, 8.1 out of 10 for their amazing compositing on those virtual sets. Uh, Apple, you're so good at it. Or whatever production company you're using. I'll give them a 7.5 out of 10. I will be replacing my Apple Watch only because 
Uh, my Apple Watch actually has a. I, I've dropped it many a times. Oh, and, <laughs> and I was in a bike accident with it, and it did withstand it, but um, it has a big crack in it. So I'm I'm mm. very scared around water with it because I'm pretty sure that the water yeah. will get inside of it. Um, it hasn't yet, but I, I don't submerge it obviously, and I wouldn't submerge my watch normally. But I get a little bit worried around it. So I will be buying that if I have fitness credit left over at the end of the year, because we can you can use it on an Apple Watch, which oh. is kind of nice. Um, but Hello, corporate life. <laughs> thanks, corporate. Thanks, Microsoft. Um, um, which would be nice because I do think it would be nice to have that upgraded stuff. But I, I do like the size of this really small one. So I do like that the SE comes in a 40 millimeter, so at least remains yeah. smaller. The small one got bigger, right? Or is the small one the same size? I think it, I don't know. I think yeah. the same, yeah. Okay. So, and I'll get, of course, well, the, Heather will get a new phone. So that'll be Christmas present for Heather. So. Oh, wow. So we, we all came out having to spend some money. 7.5. Not bad. 8.1. Not bad. Yeah. Another another incremental update year. We've been yep. saying that for the last three years, but that, that's life. Not bad. Well, I think that's going to do it. Frank, any any other final comments from you on this on this thing? I guess I'm 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 happy I'm getting out with just spending this amount of money. <laughs> it yeah. could have gone much worse. It could have been way more expensive. Thankfully, they they didn't release any new uh, iMacs or anything. <laughs> so yeah, I, I well, lucked out. <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right, well, cool. I think that's going to do it for our hour long recap of the hour and a half uh, Apple event. Um, so that's that's going to do it for that. Let us know. Let us know if you're buying anything. Right into the show. Tweet at us at Merge Conflict FM or James Montemagno or Apple Clarum on Twitter. But until next time, this has been an elongated, super ultra deluxe edition of Merge Conflict. I'm James Montemagno. And I'm Frank Krueger. Thanks for listening. Peace. <laughs>